listening to We Watch Movie. I'm Ava. And I'm Jenna. And we watch movies. So this week we watched Worth, which came out on Netflix um, recently. I don't remember exactly which day. I think the initial release was at some sort of film festival in some capacity or something. Because it said, or, or maybe we're just like really behind and this wasn't actually a new release but i think it was but it I says january it came out at sundance okay yeah but it's, so it's it originally came out january 24th of 2020 but it just aired on netflix and stuff um and it's on the at, third yes on the third thank you um it's currently sitting at a 78 percent on rotten tomatoes um with a 90% of people liking the movie. Um, it stars... Who does it star? Uh, Michael Keaton and Stanley Tucci. Um, and a bunch of other people. I don't know if I know, recognize any of the other people. But like I definitely recognize those people. Because like we got we got um, Vulture. And we got Caesar Flickerman. Also, Michael Keaton was also Batman. I just haven't seen him as Batman yet, which is unfortunate because I want to. Um, <laughs> but anyways, guys, so this is this is about um, it. It takes place right after 9/11, and it's about this legal firm trying to make the victim com um, the victim compensation fund. And they're trying to figure out, you know, what's fair compensation for all these people who lost loved ones and stuff. And then they're like, oh, well, every case is different, so it's hard to make something that's actually fair. Um, and it's it's a deep dive into just the legal side and the emotional side. But most, like, it's kind of where law and, like, morality, I guess, meet. Um, and it's an interesting side of the story that I don't think we hear about too, too much. So I really like that that's the angle that they approached. Because I would have never thought, like, if I was like, oh, I want to make a movie about 9-11, I would have never thought that I was going to pick the, the victim compensation fund as, like, the main premise. But I think it really worked well. Um, I personally really liked this movie. I don't know where Jenna stands. So, you know what? Jenna, do you want to tell us your initial reactions? I also thought it was very good. I thought it was well done. And when someone says, oh, uh, we're going to watch a movie about 9-11, you don't always think of the legal side of things or the economic side of things or just, you like, the movie taking place in America, like, a year, two years after the fact. But this is what that movie was. And I think it's definitely understated for kind of taking the less I don't want to say popular approach but like the less seen approach in different forms of media but I think for that it benefited it because this is kind of a story that you don't really hear that much about and even it, like I've heard of like the victim compensation fund and I remember like the battle in like 2019 for the victims who have been struggling with like the health effects after the fact and so that was mostly the extent of my knowledge of the compensation fund. So this was also definitely interesting to learn more about in this way. Yeah, and I mean, also, like, for us, for people who are born after 2001, or even people who were born in 2000, for people who were born, like, after, like, 95 or something, 
it, it's kind of like foreign. I mean, obviously people who were, who were born before it happened lived through it in some extent, but personally I don't remember anything from like before five years old. Um, but it's like this, it's, 9-11 has always been this like far away concept. I don't know if this applies to other people our age and stuff or if it's just me being strange. Um, but like I know what happened, but like, you know, it's, it's this big traumatic event for like everybody in America that I just don't really have an understanding of and I don't have the experience to like be like, oh, I know how it felt when I saw that on the news or something because I don't. I've seen like videos of it and stuff, but it's all like third hand, I guess, experience. And um, I've seen like, obviously we've seen in documentaries stuff that like de depicts like what happened and everything. But then this movie had this, this, they kept coming back to the victims and the victims speaking to, directly to these lawyers about, you know, their loved ones, right? They said, this is what happened. This person called me as the building was coming down, stuff like that. And these really emotional sequences of just like these victims just telling their stories. Like that was the most poignant part of the movie. It's just these moments of just these people in grief. And that's kind of... Like that that's that's something that I've never experienced and a lot of us have never experienced. Um and I think it was really effective, I guess, in kind of touching people that maybe weren't there. Cause obviously, like, if you were there and you see just a video of like what happened, it's gonna it's gonna bring back memories or something. But when you when you put it the way that this movie did, it's definitely, or at least I thought it was, it was more poignant for people who don't have that kind of experience. And I don't know, I think it hit home a little bit more than like a lot of the other stuff that I've seen that tells this kind of story. Yeah, and I think part of the reason it was able to hit home, like as you said, like as someone who didn't necessarily live through it, I've still like seen images and videos of what happened and I've learned about it through different periods in school and we've talked about 9-11 but I don't think any of that can really replicate actually living through it in any capacity and witnessing it firsthand somehow like whether it was in person or just on the tv while it was happening and then just the time after the fact but th what this movie did really well was that it just showed different individuals trying to come to terms with what happened and all of their different emotional responses and connections and reactions to the attack which made it almost like a little more I don't want like relatable I guess or just easier to understand and kind of like really feel where they're coming from because it takes something that can be so like just unable to just really like compare it to anything else you felt and you can at least like see like the human side of things and how it affects all of these different people yeah and i i think another thing that this movie really helps to put into perspective is just kind of how long this problem went on like they were still dealing with the economic effects and everything like the, well probably much longer than than this but their deadline wasn't until like 
December of 2003. I remember they were like, oh, three days from deadline. Or no, it was like three weeks actually at the time. It was like three weeks from deadline, December something, to, um, 2003. And I like looked at the screen and I was like, hey, I existed then. Um, <laughs> but um, I, I, I never realized that like people were still dealing with like the actual effects. Well, I don't know if that's the right way to phrase it. I mean, obviously, it's an event that has affected us until this day. Like, we're never, like, not gonna have, like, feel the effects of it. But, like, such, like, like people weren't compensated for, like, years. And, and, and they were still, like, like, they were being, <laughs> they were kind of being pro-procrastinators, right? Because they, like, pulled 70% or something of their goal, like, right out of, um, out of thin air in, like, two days before the deadline, when they had, like, three years, um, but no, I mean, I respect it, but, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I mean, this, this really, I think this movie put a lot into perspective, and I don't know how much of it was dramatized, because probably a lot of it was, um, just, like, you know, we one of our first movies that we did on this channel was Trial of the Chicago 7, which was kind of a similar similar vibe, I guess. Um, it was like, it was a political movie about something in our past, and they, they dramatized it a lot, but it did help kind of put the event into perspective, I guess. Um, and, you know, this, this is, um, I, I feel like they probably dramatized this one about the same, you know? Yeah, and I feel like a lot of, like, law, legal films are, like, whether it be, like, a courtroom drama or a more, like, investig investigative piece, I feel like they're all kind of dramatized because law, I guess, just maybe isn't as interesting as maybe we make it out to be, but I think you can't really tell a, like, impactful story in, like, two hours or less without like dramatizing some things and making it into your own film and taking those liberties or else people might just get bogged down by legalese and you kind of need to make it a movie to make it something that people can relate to and like really understand as a piece of media and art rather than just these are the things that happened and i think i think something about just like the actual legal side and everything that translated really well into this movie was kind of how how you could kind of see both sides of the argument too you know that it's so often that like you'll be watching a, a movie or something and one side is like oh no they're so blatantly wrong like it's obviously we got to follow the heroes right but i mean in this one i mean other than like quinn who sucked there weren't really like specific protagonists and anti well i mean there were protagonists but there weren't like actual like heroes versus villains you know it was like everybody was kind of trying their best and obviously you know mr feinberg came around to like a different approach towards the end of it but i i firmly believe like throughout the whole thing he was trying his best and i i saw where he was coming from with the whole i don't know what to do i'm trying right now but what i do is not satisfy the people but also my hands are kind of like tied with certain laws and like how we have to give some sort of formula to everything and then i see um charles what's his last name charles something um 
the guy who ran Fix the Fun, what was his name? I... Wolf. Google. Wolf. Charles Wolf. So, and then... His name was Wolf? Yeah, Charles Wolf. Not what I was going to guess. <laughs> so, Charles Wolf, um, he was here saying, you know, every person is deserving of, you know, respect and, and needs to needs to be given kind of a fair treatment. Like, you can't just put a price on somebody's life based off of a statistic and everything and you know you see both sides of the argument and it really like it's easy to just like think oh just pay people and the problems will go away but then if you if you actually like think about how difficult a situation like that is like like the question he poses at the beginning of the movie like what is life worth like with a number it's it's it, it's something that that you just like you think there's a number and like you know like obviously there's like life insurance and everything um and like you you're pretty sure that there's like a number somewhere but like it's never a number that you want to actually like say out loud you know and, and nobody would ever want you to be like oh how much is this person's life worth in money because you don't like like it's not it's not something that you ever want to have to think about, you know? And it's just, like, an impossibly difficult problem that this guy was put into. And, like, or that the entire nation was put into, you know? And it, it's difficult on both ends, I think, of the argument. And that's kind of how it was really help. Or it really, it, it just translated well, I think, to a, a, a thoughtful conflict for the movie yeah and that whole kind of central message and i guess was introduced in really the first scene of this movie where uh mr feinberg is teaching his class and he's running through the outrageous example of the farm and like what is a life worth and i thought that was just a really great like first scene to really hammer a home like this is what the movie is preaching and like this is like the main idea without like hammering it over the head of the audience is like pay attention to this it was i i just i really appreciate that scene because it, it also introduces us to our main character and what is he like so it gives us a good starting point for how he might change throughout the rest of the movie yeah i just i don't know i like it when movies give me a lot to think about but like it it's like somewhere between like giving me a lot to think about and then also like going down easy as you're watching it though because like sometimes movies make it too hard to understand it like it's like think about this and this and this when you're actually watching it but like if you can leave a movie thinking about something i think that's really good that's a really good sign like if you can watch it easily and follow the plot and understand everything which i think i think that that was also a place where this movie excelled because they were talking or they were doing a lot of legal stuff i don't have a law degree but i understood what was going on um and i was able to follow the movie pretty easily but you know i'm leaving here with a big <laughs> a big moral like philosophical question you know um and i think that's 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 really um it, it just it, it just really attests to the fact that this was like a good movie <laughs> yeah and 
It's always good when you're watching a movie. If it makes you think too much while you're actually watching it, then you're probably not doing it right because you still want the audience engaged with the movie and actively like watching it. But if they're too distracted by thinking about the things that you want them to think about later or just confused about what's happening overall, they're not watching the movie anymore and you're losing your audience. So this movie did a good job of like keeping things interesting, keeping like the audience like understanding in the loop with what was happening, but also leaving them with something to think about after they finished watching the movie. Oh my god, he was Beetlejuice. Who was Michael Beetlejuice? Michael Keaton was Beetlejuice. I didn't realize that. Um, but like it makes sense now. I was just like um looking at his uh his movies and stuff that he was in. Um because there was a, a movie that I um that I saw that kind of it kind of felt so th this this particular movie felt like kind of a combination of Trial of the Chicago Seven and then Spotlight. Um and Spotlight did have um Michael Keaton in it. Um that's a very good movie. I recommend that everybody watches it. You too, Jenna. You need to watch it. I've seen that one. That Eva. was so loud. <laughs> I'm very excited. <laughs> you can't give me homework because I actually saw the movie. Are you like screaming into your microphone right now? No, it just got too close oh, to Oh, that mouth. scared me. Oh my god. <laughs> you were like, I've seen it! <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that was... I, I, I think that this is kind of like a, a love child between Trial of the Chicago 7 and Spotlight. But also I like how... I guess not not necessarily Beetlejuice, but like for for most of the characters that I've seen Michael Keaton as, like I didn't I didn't see the his Batman um his Batman performances, and I I've, I've seen Beetlejuice, but it doesn't really apply here. Um, but he he like he he has this like very specific like flair that he brings to every single one of his characters, and it's like very specifically him you know and like you, you know it, it's like it's somehow he made a super villain in spider-man and a newspaper editor and this this like what what was it called like special master or something he made yeah, them all like master. completely different but also like feel the same in a way and i don't know i like and then and then like you have like Stanley Tucci over here who can who 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 went from like this character and then he's also like Caesar Flickerman which is like a completely different direction but he also kind of has the same flair. Um I don't know it's just like I don't know I I don't know where I'm going with this but I I just I just think it's it's interesting. I think Michael Keaton was also uh, the McDonald's guy in The Founder, which was the mm -hmm. movie about McDonald's. I, I don't know why I've seen that movie, but I have. But yeah, like that, thinking of that movie, if we're just gonna add another example, he definitely has his own flair, and I definitely think the acting was very well done in this movie. Because while he definitely has that like signature Keatonism that he brings <laughs> to every movie, I think it was like appropriately subdued. Yeah. So like it definitely came through in his character, but it also wasn't like overpowering in like a weirdly distracting way. 
Yeah, like, I don't know how to describe it, because I'm not saying that he doesn't have range, because he does. But it's like, he has this, he has a very broad range when he, like, plays different characters. But he also play like, he plays them differently and the same at the same time. And, like, I don't know, it's kind of like how... How, how an artist has, like, a signature, you know? But they, like... Mm-hmm. Or or maybe this is a better... Th- maybe this, like, for, for all you music nerds out there, he's, like, playing a, like playing different songs, right? But in the same key. You never go and watch a movie with Michael Keaton in it and go, wait a minute, who is that guy? Because it's always recognizably him. Mm-hmm. That might be just a better way to put it. Um, but continuing down the cast, um, Stanley Tucci, I'm looking at, like, I I clicked on him, and I'm seeing in the news feed right now, he, like, just recently revealed that he had cancer three years ago, um, and he beat it, so good for him. Good job, Stanley Tucci. Um, I mostly know him from, what is it, uh, Hunger Games... Um, he plays, like I said, Caesar Flickerman. Um, Caesar Flickerman is weird, okay? Because he's, like, weird and, like, nice at first, but then also he's, like, in, like, Catching Fire particularly. He, he is something about him is, like, really scary. And it's just, I don't know. I think he, I think he really, he was able to, um, transmit that pretty well in his... In his, in his portrayal of the role. Um, the duality of man. Yeah. He, like... I don't know if he necessarily has the same, like, consistent flair that Keaton does. But he makes the same face every once in a while. Um, his, like, kind of, like... Like, this face that he makes when he's, like... Speaking to somebody... And, like, his character is just, like, in blatant disagreement with them, but wants to let them finish. (laughs) It's, like, this face that's, like, wow, you're really stupid. Do you want to continue speaking? And it's, like, this very specific face. And I saw him use it a couple times in this one when he was talking to Feinberg, and he... He kind of used it in, I think... I think it was Catching Fire, um when they started to, like, hold hands and stuff. And, like, he started to turn, like, evil. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's just because it's his face. But, (laughs) um, that is something that I have noticed. Maybe that's his little signature. It's his own form of Keatonism. It's his, I'm judging you face, but you can finish. You know? I'm trying to think of another version that I can use for Tucci's name. Uh, Tucciology. <laughs> Keatonism and Tucciology. Um, oh my god, wait. Um, oh, what'd you go to college for? Oh, I double majored in Keatonism and Tucciology. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Um, he was in Robots. I never watched robots. I just know that the com- the, the the thing looks kind of freaky. The, the poster. That's the animated movie, yeah. right? I I've 
I think I've seen it. Maybe not all of it. But it was on TV a couple of times when mm. I was a kid. You know, one time, just like kind of off topic, but back to Ke um to Michael Keaton. I um this was like a day or something after I had rewatched Homecoming, Spider-Man: Homecoming, and I ha so this kind of random, but I have very vivid dreams, and they're very weird dreams. And in this one particular dream, I was like walking down my driveway at night, and I ended up at my neighbor's house, and Ghostface was there. But then, Michael Keaton drove up in a white van and fought off Ghostface. And so, just really quick, I wanted to say, Michael Keaton, if you're listening, thank you for keeping me from getting murdered in my dreams. Because I have not died in my dreams yet, and I'm really proud of that win streak. So, thank you. You know, just Michael Keaton out there. Maybe he's not really Batman, but he is dream Batman. <laughs> um... I'm really, see, I don't know when it was, it, it wasn't, it wasn't initially when the Mobius trailer came out, it was like, later, because I didn't know that the trailer came out until later in the, the year, so it was not super recent, but like, kinda, I don't remember when it was. I saw the Mobius trailer a little bit after it came out, but a while ago. Um, and they have, and Michael Keaton's in that. He's at the end of the trailer. You know, the end of the trailer is where they put all, like, the zingers, right? Like, that's where, in the No Way Home trailer, that's where they put Doc Ock and stuff and, like, all this, all, all these things. So that's, like, when you know what they're showing you is important and he's at the end of it and I'm like, hmm, is this, like, putting his vulture into the Morbius movie? And, like, I know this is a completely different movie that I'm talking about. It's just that... I, I want to I want to gush about this a little bit because personally I really like Vulture. I really like his portrayal of Vulture. I like that character a lot. Um, one of my favorite standalone Marvel villains. I will like I I will attest to that. It's definitely one of my favorite standalone villains. Um, and that would be pretty epic if he got to come back. And I know that's not an MCU movie, which is why it's confusing. Um. I'm going to stop talking about this now so we can get back on track with the other movie. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> I should watch Venom. You haven't watched Venom? No. Um, I, I meant to when it came out, but I, I just never got okay, around Okay, well, you need to it. watch it before Let There Be Carnage comes out. When does Let's that come see. out? Like October, I think so. right? Um, it's October 12th a date? I'm gonna find out. Um, October 15th, you were wrong! <laughs> I was close! I had the right week! Um, ooh, story by Tom Hardy as well? Okay, sir, okay. Um, but anyways, yeah, you need to, you need to watch Venom. I really liked Venom. Um, but anyways, these are not the movies we came to talk about today, um, because we didn't watch them today. Um, anyways, I was gonna ask you. Oh boy. Soundtrack. Thoughts. Lots of opera. Mm-hmm. 
thought it was an interesting choice. I think it definitely fit the mood. The opera was the only thing that stood out to me, so sorry about that. I feel like that happens every week. You ask me for like this in-depth <laughs> thing about the soundtrack, and then I don't have an answer Unprepared for it. Unprepared stamp, Jenna. But, uh, yeah. Well, it's not because I, I, I'm unprepared for the question. It's just that if the soundtrack doesn't stick out to me when I watch the movie, I generally don't go back and listen to it. But the, I think the opera was definitely like an interesting choice, especially because of how, like, I guess the subject matter and I guess like how dramatic the case kind of was mm-hmm. in terms of law. It definitely, I don't know, it definitely had like an operatic feel in the movie. So it just, it was interesting. I don't know if that's like a real life thing that like any of the real life people in this movie actually listen to opera, but. I, I thought it was a good choice. It definitely fit. I I I, de- I did like it. I was thinking a lot about um. See, it, it, when he was listening to classical music on the bus, it was reminding me of um when I was in like fifth and sixth grade. I was like I was really quirky, guys. I listened to Beethoven exclusively on the bus. Um, <laughs> and it was like giving me flashbacks to fifth and sixth grade. Um, but like, I think I think it was good that he was kind of consistent, and it gave it gave him something to relate to um, Charles with because they were both kind of interested in opera and everything. Um, I I this is this is different than some like some ways that classical music has been used in other movies that I really like is I like it I like it when they're used like in contrast you know because classical music is generally something that's pretty like peaceful or something or like pretty and then they use it with something like like dark or like me messy or or like brutal or something like like there's a lot of like murder stuff that I've seen in movies and they'll put it with like classical music and um and you know they did something kind of like that when they had um they had uh Feinberg on the bus listening to his classical music and then he looks out the window and he sees the um the explosion and everything I don't think they were were they playing the music at that time I don't know I he had been listening to it, and you're watching everyone in the train car start to get the news, and he's mostly unaware mm-hmm. until people, like, start rushing by him. And I know, I think he takes his yeah. headphones off, but I don't know if the music is still playing to the audience at that point. I did really like, it I did really be. like that scene. Um, I don't know if, like, in real life, um, he, like, um... I don't know if in real life he was unaware at first, but I think that that was a really interesting choice if he, like, if they, if it was just a choice that they made, because, you know, I feel like there there's a lot of, of moments like that when you're kind of in your own bubble, and then, like, you slowly realize something's going on, especially, like, it, on that day. Like, there were other people in the movie who were talking about, like, oh... At first, your initial thought is, oh, those poor people, and then you realize it's happening to you and stuff like that. Um, 
And I feel like that was really interesting. And it's also kind of like how later on when he's just working on the legal stuff, he's also in his own little bubble, his own world of numbers, right? And then he starts to realize that there are people actually involved and and it kind of it kind of mirrors that like bus ride. He's realizing what's actually going on and decides that he needs to act. Um rather than just like existing in his bubble, you know? Um, and I think that, I don't know if that's what they intended, but I, I respect it if they did. That is a very good point, and I really like that. I think it's definitely interesting, especially because they set up a lot in the beginning of this movie, and then really the plot like really starts to take off when he decides to become like special master for this compensation yeah. fund. And I think they did a lot to set up this movie without like falling onto like the usual things you would expect in a movie that centers around 9-11 mm -hmm. like it really like in terms of like actually showing the event it doesn't really do that much and I kind of prefer that like focus yeah. because the core of this movie is focusing on the people not so much the attack so I think keeping it mainly focused on the people throughout and like showing in subtle and explicit ways like what they're going through it really set up some interesting things they could do later on in the movie yeah i think i definitely i really do like that this was more personally focused um it's like i mentioned before there have been like documentaries after documentaries and like coverage like up the wazoo about 9-11 and everything um and you know you don't connect to a story as much if it's just like here are things exploding and falling and people screamed you know it's it's you connect to a story when you're hearing about oh you know two years later these people are still crying over their loved ones who died alone in a fiery building or something i don't know um and like that i feel like that's really definitely like how this movie was able to hit home as well as it did um and it w definitely gave me an a more of an appreciation for everything that happened that day Yeah, because, like, the grief that these people are going through, I feel like, of course, like, as human beings, like, we can understand, like, oh, so many people lost people, and, like, we learn throughout, like, learning about the actual event, like, the different, like, things that people experienced as individuals, but I think it also doesn't always, like, hit home that, like, like the amount of people that are going through this type of trauma and grief so I think this movie did a good job of trying to exemplify that in different ways, but also not stretching itself too thin to, like, feel impersonal. And I mean, it kind of, like, just showed sort of how America, like, grieved together, you know? And, like, if you, like, squint at it, you can almost put it up with, like, the stages of grief, you know? Because at first it was, like... At first, there was, like, obviously the denial, you know, everybody, I mean, there were a couple of people talking about, oh, we didn't realize it was actually happening until it did, but then you think about how, at first, Mr. Feinberg thought, oh, these people are n numbers, we can do it with this formula, blah, 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 it'll be fine, like, there's not much we can do, and then obviously there's the anger, which was, like, the people being like, we hate your formula, fix the fun, and stuff, and then you have, like, 
you know, there, there. I mean, there's a lot of depression. <laughs> um, you know, you have like Quinn and his bargaining stuff, and then, and then finally, you have everybody signing on and accepting what happened. So, if, if you like think about it really hard, you can like get a better, a better lineup, I guess, than what I just gave. But it was kind of like. You could definitely sort of see the process of of just this huge group of people kind of grieving together. Not necessarily like with each other, but like simultaneously. Yeah, I, I, I like that way of looking at it. I can never remember the five different stages of grief. So whenever there is a movie about grief, I always feel really silly because I never recognize the different stages because I'm just like... I know the first one is anger and the last one's acceptance. The first one's I don't denial. Know the rest of the grief sandwich. Oh, the first. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I forgot <laughs> the first one you said. No, I I do know that the first one is denial. I don't. Anger's in there somewhere. <laughs> um, bargaining, gone out of my head. Yeah. Um, but no, I I I mean. It, those are those are the the stages of grief for a reason, and I don't know if this movie intended to 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 structure their story that way. But if they were just telling the story of how a country grieved after a a serious like terrible terrorist attack, it makes sense that it would kind of line up. Um, and and I mean like. I don't know, I guess that's just, like, psychology in action or whatever. Um, but, I, I don't know, I, I think that that kind of, that I mean, that at least points in the direction of this movie being real, like, reasonable, I guess, with its storyline. I don't, uh, like, like I said, I, I'm not entirely sure what they dramatized because I haven't gotten around to reading, like, one of those what it got right, what it didn't quest, like, um, articles or something. Because, um, just, like, for the record, I, like, don't research these movies that much, um, before we actually record. Usually I just, like, watch them and then I come straight to recording, so it's, like, fresh in my brain, but I don't really have much history background on this, like, particular topic or, like, other topics, so, like, I don't know how funds work necessarily, and I don't... I, I don't entirely know every detail of whether or not they got it right or anything. Um, but I mean, it, it, it stands to reason that a good amount of this is reasonable, I guess. Because, you know, it's kind of, it, it kind of just makes sense, maybe? I don't know. So, you sent me a yes. text. I presume once you finish uh-huh. watching it about the oh, little yeah. text ending. <laughs> Do you want to explain what you Okay, so the thing is every time we watch a movie that's like a true story or based on a true story, they all like every single one of them ends with like text. And like I understand where they're coming from, like they want to they want to tell you what happened afterwards like to these real people, but also like I I don't know. I'm just like every like everything does it, man. I <laughs> I feel like if you want that part of the story to become apparent to the audience so badly, then like work it into your story. Otherwise, like if people have questions about oh, what happened to Mr. Feinberg after the events of this movie? I mean, he's not like 
a, a secret person. You know, you can Google that stuff. It, I mean, if it's... I get it if it's information that you can't really find on the internet and stuff, but, like... It just, it just bugs me, because it's like, oh, here's this whole story, we told it so magnificently, and, and, and we showed you this amazing, heartfelt tale, and we brought it to life for you, and all of this amazing stuff, but also, here's all the information that we didn't bother to put in here, and now you have to read it. Um, and I was like, like, I do think that them... I, I didn't mind them saying, like, all the different cases that this group worked on. They're like, oh, these people did all this and all this. And, like, there's there's sometimes when it's, like, okay. But I really, I mean, like, I just, I just, I get, I get sick of it sometimes. I just want people to, to tell, to, like, find another way to tell all the information that you want to than tagging on some, like, extra text at the end. I don't know. And I guess part of it is that you have to ask yourself, like, what... I, I just realized what I'm about to say in the context of this movie. But what is the information you're putting at the end of the movie worth <laughs> in the long game of things? Yeah, so you see, I... Not, not how I meant that, but oh well. Because I liked how they ended this movie with him on the beach, where he wanted to build his new home. And I think... If you had just left it at that note, I would have been perfectly okay with that. I didn't need the rest of the information. I mean, while I don't think it took away from the movie, I feel like I would have much rather have been left in that spot where they left me than with all of that other new information because I don't think it really gave anything more to the movie other than making me think once I looked at the list of all the different things he had worked on for compensation funds after 9-11 all it made me think about was wow so many horrible yeah. things have happened in the past few years I mean like I'm not mad I'm just disappointed um <laughs> but it's like I, 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 some are definitely worse than others I think that I, I remember not really liking the one in Hillbilly LG um, I remember, I oh, remember I remember, it. um, what is it? Trial of the Chicago 7. It's like, <laughs> it's, it's, at, like, it's, it's extra text at the end. It's like, this person, um, he did something for a year and then he went to prison for the rest of his life. This guy died of an overdose. This guy, I was like, what? I mean, like, okay, but did we need to know that? Oh, it's like, oh, this guy just became a teacher. This guy did- and I was like, okay. Okay, like, all of the things you're telling me are either boring or sad. <laughs> um, you don't necessarily need to add that. I mean, we don't- like, with a regular movie, right? If we take, like, I don't know, what did we- what did we do last time? We did, um, He's All That. Um, Yes. Okay, well they kind of did this, but not in text version. But let, let's say let's say they had at the end, um let, let's say after after the movie ended, they were like in text, they were like, after this, Paget went on to have two kids, and then she quit YouTube and became a stay-at-home mother. And Cameron he traveled the world, but developed alcoholism and died in his bed at the age of 32 <laughs> or something like that. Like, we don't need to know the, the, whether, whether it's like a significant event or a sad event or just a, 
completely irrelevant event in a character's life after the show ends. Like, with fiction, I mean, after the story ends, obviously the character's story doesn't end necessarily, because, um, like, you could give sequels and everything, but once the finale has concluded on, like, a show, or you've reached the last book of a series, right, they don't say... I mean, some of them give you a little bit of an epilogue, right? But they don't say, and after that, this happened, and this happened, and that that happened, and then that happened, and then they died. You know? Or, or like, something like that. And it just, it bugs me when movies do it just because it's a true story. And I mean, I get wanting to know what happened because it is a true story, and, like, there is something back there. But, like, if you want to find that out, like, I feel like you should be able to do it on your own time. You know, you can't, obviously with like a fiction story, you can't like say like, oh, what happened to Paget and Cameron after the movie ended? But, I mean, you could with this one. So that's even less of a reason to include it, you know? I don't know why you would want to know what happened to the people <laughs> and use all that, but to each their own. And, I mean, say you are super committed to having these this text ending just put it as an end credits thing if people are that devoted to your movie they're still gonna be sitting there <laughs> like you don't ha like and also like you chose this specific moment in history or in someone's life and that's the story you're telling so you, you didn't say all the things that happened to them beforehand like there's no movie that opens with a text beginning saying so-and-so was born on this date they did this and this thing no you show that throughout i mean the movie there's a if okay but there, there is a lot of movies that start with like really lengthy intros like like you got like star wars and you got like the hunger games and like um okay but those are fiction yeah but like i feel like it should apply I mean, kind of similarly to both you know in a way yeah um but no, I see where I see where you're coming from, though. I I I personally, I mean, no hate to like Star Wars and everything, because like I get that there needs to be some world building for like it, like if you're in a completely different universe, I get it. Like, give us a little bit of an epilogue, give us a little bit of a prologue, um, and stuff like just to establish your universe. But um, I I'm not like I I just I don't I, I think that you're picking a a point in time like you said to tell your story that's the story you're telling and then it, like we don't like to see rushed dialogue or a rushed scene or anything and then you're gonna you're gonna shove like years worth of history into like a paragraph or something of of like aerial text on a black screen at the end of your movie i mean i just it's like it's just so unnecessary i wouldn't call i mean it I don't want to say it's lazy because it just doesn't need to be there. You know, it's not like it's a thing that was that is necessary to the story that they just didn't put enough effort into. It's just not even necessary. It's like if if this were an essay or something that somebody was writing, I would be like, you can just cut that whole chunk out because we don't need it, you know? And I'm just, I don't know. It just, it, it bugs me. It just, it just irks me when, when... Things just decide to be like, oh, you loved our story? Well, guess what? Here's some text for you to read. Okay, bye. That's the last thing you're going to remember from this movie. 
And in defense of like Star Wars, at least like that builds character for the movie and like it has become mm-hmm. iconic. Like it yeah. worked out at least. But like it's I think it's safe to say that the text ending of Worth will not be iconic <laughs> and not instantly recognizable as the Star Wars intro. And I know that's not the same for every movie with a text beginning either, but it's just just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah, no, I mean, I feel like I'm gonna have to sit through a lot more of these, like, text endings as more movies that are based on true stories come out. But, like, it's gonna bug me every time, man. I'm sorry. I, like, it's just, it's just one of my movie pet peeves, I guess. I don't know. You're gonna have to make your own movie based off of a true story and then not do it and have to be a trendsetter. <laughs> because the movie's gonna be so good that people are gonna be like, oh, we gotta, we gotta do this because Ava did that. People are gonna watch to the end and they're gonna be like, wow, that, to- that told a-, a true story that was satisfying and they ended it on screen. And you know what? I'm kind of interested in what happened to those characters. I'm gonna take my cell phone and look it up myself on my own time instead of sitting through a abridged version of the rest of the history of these characters lives on screen because she decided it wasn't necessary because it's not because i have my cell phone i have a question did Ma Rainey's end? It with the text did ending? because I know it showed. It did, it, and the only text, did. the only text it ended with that I liked was dedicated to Chadwick Boseman. Okay, all of the rest of it, I'm like, okay, fine, let's not. I mean, the only thing that I liked about that one being at the end was because I didn't know that it was a true story until the movie finished. But, and I, I did like that it included pictures too. If you're gonna do text, you gotta put pictures in so that we can see that your casting was good. If your casting sucked, don't put pictures and don't put text. But if you have to put text, you gotta include pictures. And if your pictures don't match your cast, I'm gonna be kind of annoyed. So, um, yeah. So you gotta you gotta pick your pick your battles to fight, man. Um. <laughs> so why didn't you like the hillbilly elegy one? Um, because I just I mean I just didn't like it. <laughs> I mean, Fair the enough. pictures Fair didn't enough. really like hell, or they, they, uh, just because it has pictures doesn't mean I'm gonna like it, you know. Fair but enough. like, if you're gonna do it, pictures might help, perhaps. But like, come on, man. I like how we've just went on. Okay, I sit here. In my yeah, I, I like how we just went on like a, a, a what, like a ten-minute rant <laughs> on ending movies with text. <laughs> Yeah, I thought it was going to be like a five minute thing. You were nope. like, do you want to explain to me what that means? And I was like, okay, everybody. Never end with a text message. <laughs> like, come on, dude. I, it's just it's just annoying because you can do so much better. You know, like, I mean, if you're going to do... If you're gonna do something like that, you just gotta, you just gotta commit. If you want it, if he wanted to show us them working on other things, have your actors do it. That's what they're there for. They're there so you don't need to make somebody type. <laughs> that makes no sense. Um, but you know what I mean. You know what I mean. I do know what you mean. Thank you. Um, 
But anyways, before I continue to, uh, <laughs> rant about, um, text endings for another, like, hour and a half, um, we're just gonna, we're, I think, I think we, I think we worked through the gist of this movie enough, um, so thank you so much if you made it this far. We really love and respect you. Um, if you're on YouTube, make sure to hit the like button, subscribe, um, leave a comment to tell us what you thought about the movie. We'd love to have a little talk with you guys, um, because we don't really have any lives and your engagement really helps the channel and it makes us very happy when you do that. So thank you very much. Um, if you are just here on YouTube because you feel like being on YouTube and you actually like to listen to the podcast on like Spotify or something. We're on there too. Just check the description. There's all our links. And if you're on something that's not YouTube, hello, you can probably follow us wherever you are. If you do that, we would love and respect you even more. Um, and if you want to get more content from us, you can hop over to YouTube and follow us where we do other videos. We make other kinds of content. It's well, it's basically all movie TV related, but we make like actual videos, which is pretty fun. Um, you can follow us on Twitter where um, we talk about like we just we just say positive things about movies we see or um or just like other other little thoughts that pop into mostly my head um and then you can also follow us on tiktok and instagram uh we haven't really been active on there that much lately but we will be um <laughs> you follow us on all of these places you will not miss any of the cool things that we have planned for the future we have a couple things up our sleeve that we're working on um stay tuned because they're works in progress um and we really hope you stick around for them. So yeah, like I said, thank you so much for listening. We love you. Like, comment, subscribe, all that jazz. Um, and that's all for this week, guys. We'll see you guys next week. Um, Jenna, anything to add? You know, sometimes I go to make jokes for these things, but this isn't really a movie that I'm going to make too many jokes about. Just check it out. It's a decent, solid movie. And it, it was good. Just check it out. Okay, bye! <laughs>